thank you. 15, 15 minutes? Huh? 15, 20 minutes. Ah, OK, OK. Hi. And uh, as we say, uh, the crony capitalism is not dead. <laughs> we always say that, and we see that. In thank you very much. Thank you, Michael, to have uh, invited me. I was in Tunis, and uh, I was. Uh, uh, I just had a second baby, so I was like that just uh, five days ago. <laughs> a girl. And thank you very much. Uh, I'm very proud. I'm very happy to see Oxford. It's the first time. So, uh, as uh, Michael uh, told before, uh, before joining Crisis Group, I used to work on Tunisia. Uh, in Aix-en-Provence, in French, I'm the representative of the French school, <laughs> the only one. Uh, and I began to work on Tunisia uh, on uh, 2001. I worked uh, on, the, on the regime, the new elites of the regime, and especially the career of leftists and Islamists uh, uh, in Tunisia, in political science. Now, uh, I'm in Tunisia since uh, May 2011. And we made uh, four reports, and the uh, new reports is, uh, is coming. It will call uh, Tuni uh, Tunisia, the, the Tunisian exception, a success and limit of the consensus. And it will be about the elections, the, the new elections, the problem, what is at stake exactly uh, uh, in the new period, this new period uh, in Tunisia after the dismissal of, uh, of the Islamist party, Islamist uh, party Nava. So uh, I'm here, Michael told me to, uh, to come here to speak what happened before the revolution. <laughs> Before the revolution, it's very funny. Uh, I, I went in Tunisia for uh, two months or three months, something like that. But I worked from Paris; it was uh, it was safer. But I had lots of theoretical uh, theoretical gris, you know, uh, about what happened, what could happen. We were a band of uh, of scholar in France to uh, try to know what's going to happen. We wanted that things change, and things has changed uh, without us. And now I'm in Tunisia, and I can see that what we we saw. Uh, theoretically speaking, in academic terms, we were not so wrong. It means that we, 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 were in, uh, we, we had the opportunity to go in Tunisia, but our work uh, was not a real field work uh, based. It was not a real based field work, you know, like I do now. But uh, at the end, we were not, uh, we were not really wrong. Uh, uh, what happened? What could I say? Uh, I, I said that uh, three years after the revolution, it, the revolution of the, or the uprising, it would by, have been easier to, uh, to have a clear narrative of what happened exactly and why. But the problem is that uh, now it's more complicated, it's more tricky, it's trickier than, than just after the revolution. Because just after the revolution, everybody agrees uh, on uh, three general uh, structural causes or uh, explanatory factors. Uh, as usual, sorry for my uh, accent, uh, my <laughs> English. People who understand French will understand me clearer. <laughs> sorry, I try. I try to do my best. They say you have to exaggerate when you're French. You have to, hey, <laughs> like that. It's very difficult. Sorry. So we. Uh, uh, so uh, it was the youth the un unemployment, the youth unemployment, the inequalities of development, and the corruption. But uh, we have to understand that everybody agrees on these social factors, but these factors are still there. And why is that there is no revolution now? And these factors are still there, and better than ever. And at some extent, it's worse than before. So we have to, uh, maybe to understand, uh, to, uh, to, to saw uh, factors or causes uh, which are not to be squeezed out. Uh, I'll try to, uh, to speak of some factors, okay, of different levels, 
there are macro level factors who are so macro that they are caricatural and there are micro uh, <laughs> level factors who are, which are very conjunctural and that don't explain anything but I try to find a, a go between between this uh, this level of analysis for the, the first uh, uh, when the Ben Ali felt uh, I, I remember uh, there was a kind of debate, you know, in academic circles. Uh, Michael told about it, about the spontaneity of revolutions or things like that. There were people, uh, people in Europe, especially in France, they were used to, to have a kind of political apathy, you know. Uh, people, there was no revolution and every Marxist, you know, of the 60s and 70s said, okay, the era of revolution is it's over, is the end of history. And uh, everybody said that social movements they can uh, just occur when they were rent a mob, when they were professionals, you know, people they call entrepreneurs de cause uh, in France. And, uh, and, uh, and, and what we saw in Tunisia first, it was the, this kind of spontaneity in the sense that even if there were a strong civil society, as you say, if there were foreboding, if there were premises of this revolution, if there, was, if there were riots, if there were strikes, if there were things like that, at the moment, uh, there were absolutely we have to remember it. No political party that called uh, for the, 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 the end of Ben Ali, that Ben Ali left, no political party, no associations, and even the trade union, the powerful trade union, didn't do that. Even at the end, there were slogans, you know, slogans to, to say that Ben Ali had to go, but nobody said that. So it means that in terms, the riots was in advance, was before, you know, the organizations. You know, and, and this is this is what, uh, what we can call a kind of spontaneity. It means at the moment the uh, the police, uh, the army, lots of people, the people of the regime, they didn't understand anything, and it was the reign of the rumors. The rumors. They believed there was a coup d'état. Maybe Ali Seriati, you know, of the presidential guard, wanted to do a coup d'état. There were lots of things like that. Nobody understand what what, what was really at stake. So, in macro uh, sociological terms, we can say that the economical uh, factor is very important. It means that th there was the the crisis of 2008, uh, the decrease of Porsche's power in Tunisia, the problems of the increase of uh, raw materials, especially cereals, you know, in Tunisia, um, and it it's important. There was another thing that is macro, macro, and I agree uh, with, uh, with, uh, with Malik like, uh, on that. It's that in the, in the world, at the world scale, they, there is a tendency of struggling against the uh, uh, rentier elites. It means that the rentier elites that were on power in the Arab world since, the, I'd say, at the beginning of the 70s, before it was the nationalist elite, uh, it's as if they were, uh, they were outdated in the fact that they were a development of economy and all these people became parasites, you know, parasites that racketed, you know, bracketing people, and there was a need for them to live uh, exactly like the financial aristocracy in Europe in the 19th century, you know, in 1848. We saw that in, uh, in some Marx works about the, the struggling, uh, uh, the class struggling in France. And we have that uh, because Tunisia, in a sense, is not strictly speaking a rentier economy but it has all the disadvantages of a, of a rentier economy. It means that lots of its uh, uh, internal revenue comes from, uh, from outside, you mean, external resources. There is not so much productivity and a real bourgeoisie, you know, uh, a bourgeoisie class uh, in, in, in Tunisia. There is that. There is a tension that we can say, and now it's uh, growing more and more in Tunisia, the tension between formal and informal economy, 
we have to remember that Mohammed, uh, Tarek Bouazizi, it's, it's really the genuine name, it's not Mohammed, it's Tarek. <laughs> Tarek Bouazizi uh, uh, was a, a, a part of the informal economy. He worked in the informal economy. Uh, and now we, have, uh, we know that this informal economy, we believe that it was over because everything was linked to Trabelsi family, but now it's worse than before. It means that it was 30% of the economy, and now some of them, uh, some say that it's 40 or 45% of the economy. And there was a struggle. It means that Anjal Ben Ali era, uh, the, 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 when, the, uh, once, when the authorities wanted to struggle against the informal economy, there was reactions. I mean, in Ben Gaden, in the south, before the revolution, it means in July 2010, there was huge riots in the south because they wanted to close the border post. It's very important. And each time they wanted to do reform, uh, it's very, uh, very difficult to reform. You want to do reform, you have uh, uh, reactions. And it's very, it's very important. We have two another important factors for me. It's the economic and uh, symbolic discriminations of people from the south and people from uh, internal regions. It means uh, if they have the same uh, degree uh, than other than people from Sahel or people from, uh, from Tunis, you know, uh, they won't have the same chance in, uh, of success in life. And there is a kind of complex, you know, uh, of the South. It's important to understand that. There is the agrarian question, too. It means that in Sidi Bouzid, it's an agrarian region. And just before the revolution, there were lots of expropriation uh, of, of people. And there was a, a, a sit-in uh, in July 2010 yeah, in Sidi Bouzid because the BNA, the National uh, Agricole Bank, uh, seized the lands you know, of families. And there was a part of the Bouazizi family there that was a sit-in in, uh, in June 2010. There is another factors, and it's more conjunctural uh, factors. It's the elite divisions. Uh, it means uh, we know in sociology that uh, elite divisions, uh, are, it, it has an effect on uh, selective uh, uh, incitations that encourage the risk-taking, you know, especially in authoritarian settings. And we know that there have been elite divisions since the Soliman, uh, the, you know the Soliman, there was terrorist attack of Soliman in 2006, and there was the problems of the, uh, the, mining, uh, the mining zone, you know, of Gafsa in 2008. At this moment, the regime shows that uh, he had, it limits, that his security apparatus uh, uh, has very, very uh, harsh limits. It means that he couldn't uh, manage the situation. He blocked everything, you know, and he couldn't manage the situation. And there was the, the irrational uh, behavior outlook of the Trabelsi family. It means at the moment it was, it was totally irrational, and there was huge struggle between the party itself and the Trabelsi family. And it's important because a part of the, of the crisis of the revolution, it's not outsiders against insiders or elite against counter-elite or civil society against, uh, against the state. It was an internal crisis inside the party itself in, in and in the state. It means that in the RCD, uh, the officials, they were marginalized, and there was a sense of being marginalized and to be treated like pawns by the, by the family and Travelsi. And we know that uh, before, the, uh, the, before the revolution, Belassen Travelsi, who was the brother of the wife of uh, Ben Ali, uh, he, he had to reassure the party to say that he didn't want to, uh, to be president, and the party called Ben Ali to, uh, to go on elections, you know, and in fact, the party, for me, and lots of officials of the party wanted to get rid of the, of the Trabelsi family. And as Ben Ali didn't do it, uh, the, the party couldn't do anything. But at the same time, the party is not what it used to be. It means that sometimes we say that Tunisia is a state party. It's not the case. It was the case under uh, the, uh, the 60s or the 70s. But it was not. The, the party, for me, was just a kind of a, a huge uh, central intelligence 
that you know, and sometimes an antichambre of uh, recruitment, you know, of uh, upward mobility, you know, for, for people. But, uh, but, but, but that's it. So it's very important to know that, and uh, to, know, to, to know that Sidi Bouzid, everything started in Sidi Bouzid, the region Sidi Bouzid and Sidi Bouzid is it's one of the strongholds of the SED, the party. It means that there are almost uh, 3,000, uh, there were almost 3,000 uh, SED seals, cells, sorry, in Sidi Bouzid. It's important. Uh, uh, another dimension is the, um, is the, the, the rioting logic of uh, what happened. I, I always call, I often call the, the Tunisian revolution a political riot that succeeded. It means that sometimes in sociology we say that riot is infrapolitic, as infrapolitical, you know. But uh, for uh, for Tunisia, it was riots that at the beginning of the riots there were the question of power. It means that they say Trabelsi get out, uh, the working is a right, you know, you were band of thieves, something like that, and uh, there was uh, uh, this riot logic. It means that at the night there was violence because it was not a peaceful re re revolution. There was violence. There was a, <laughs> there was a, a stone's thread. There was cocktail Molotov. People died. There was a lot of commissariat or police office uh, or district uh, burned. And uh, we, have to, we, are, we have to know that. And uh, there was the kind of combination between uh, organizations and especially uh, when we say that UGTT, you know, played a real role, it means that UGTT, the trade union, you know, you should have uh, learned uh, learn about that, the UGTT. It's not the UGTT in itself. It's the position of the UGTT. It's the UGTT, uh, apart the fact that it has played a great role in the independence of the country, was the other side of the party. It means that it was, there was the party on the side as the UGTT on the side. There were two legs. The authoritarian regime had, had two legs. But the UGTT was so complicated inside that uh, they, they had an autonomy. And there were people at the local level who were uh, ancient leftists, who were leftists, and people who had links to local situations, who had tribe links, and they were able to, uh, to, to act uh, and to go uh, to, to act, uh, how could I say, uh, even against the direction of the UGTT. And it is important, and we need, the, we need more studies like that. I think Michael is going to maybe send students to work on this, uh, <laughs> on this issue. Uh, we have another, an, another thing to say. We, we, we speak of the lawyers. It's important to say that the lawyers were part of the revolutions. The, lawyer, the lawyers, they, they, they just wanted to defend their own professional interests. It was always the case. But in authoritarian settings, this kind of professions, when they want to defend their professional interest, they became revolutionaries, you know what I mean? It means they say we want freedom of speech, we want uh, things like, like journalists or things like that. We want to, in fact, they just wanted to regulate their profession because there were lots of concurrence, a, pro a proletarianization, proletarization, proletarization uh, uh, of, the, of the profession. They just wanted that. In fact, in January the 9th, I think something like that, they started a strike, and after they stopped, they stopped the strike saying it's okay, uh, uh, we have the, uh, our claims, our demanding have been, uh, have been uh, satisfied, something like that. Even if they were present as individuals, it's important to say. Another uh, factor uh, is, uh, is more anthropologic and cultural. It's the problem of youth. In, uh, lots of historian, historians, they, uh, uh, there is a book in French, it's called The History of Violence uh, of the, from the Middle Age to Now. I, I don't remember the author, but I, I know that lots of historians uh, know that. It's the problem, the generational problem. It means that moment in history, uh, every time, uh, there, are, uh, there are too many, uh, the, the older 
they don't want to leave, and the youth has too numerous. And there are problems of, uh, of employment at this moment, and it means that the youth has, have to stay youth. They cannot be adult, you know, at this moment, and they have no money to get rid of the authority of their father. And at this moment, they, are, they, 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 they have to postpone the, the, the moment where they're going to marry themselves. It means they have to postpone because of, uh, of problems of money, you know, and they have to stay youth. And in their heads, they are not youth anymore. And they are to undergo, to undergo the authority of father. The father don't give them anything in the society. They want to stay and they want to be young instead of them, you know, something like that. And so there are lots of frustrations, you know. And at this moment, it's very linked to the demographic factors. And in Tunisia, the, the, the Tunisia, we have to remember, it's not Egypt, for example. It means that there is just one 1.71 1 ch children uh, per wa for wife. It's less than in, Europe, than in, than in uh, France. It's 2.1 and Great Britain, 1.9, something like that. In 1.71, it means that it was the last moment in Tunisia that there are so many youth, so many young people, you know? And the very moment when there was the most young people, it was at the end of the 80s, during the EMF riots, you know, uh, in Algeria, all, all, all that stuff. So it's very important to, to understand that, and in every social, in every, uh, social categories. It's exactly, it's exactly the same thing. Uh, the, the, the more, more richer, the young, you know, richer youth, they have problem of postmodernism, you know, the fact of being in this society and have no, no way of identifying themselves, you know, because the choice in the market is so, uh, so thick that there is no model of identification. And the other, because they want to be adult and uh, they cannot be adult, they did studies, they studied a long time during years and years, and there is a kind of uh, uh, decalage with the, the, the representation they have of the, 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 uh, their future uh, job, you know, with studying and the reality of the, the, the market. And lots of frustration because of that, because the parents, for example, they, they pay the studies of the children, and at the end, they say to his children, okay, you have seven years, eight years, ten years of uh, studying, so you, you're going to become president of the republic. <laughs> and he say, no, <laughs> with that, we cannot do anything, you know? So it's linked to that. It's a li little bit, in fact, it's a little bit like, uh, uh, I afford to do this comparison, even if it's uh, very hard. It's like Italy uh, after the World War II. Imagine Italy after the World War II with no economic growth. Uh, you'll imagine what can happen at the identitarian level and at the economic level and at the anthropological level. Uh, another and uh, last one uh, factors, it's the what we call conjoncturel. It means it, the response, it was the fight between the regime, the, the security apparatus and the demonstrators. In fact, now that we, we spoke with lots of people, what could we say? That there was a, a, a large part of alia, hasard. You know, that's part of hazard. But what, what com comes back, it's the fact that nobody, when I say nobody, it's the, it's the different professional, co uh, pro professional corps. There is, for example, uh, I'm sorry, I just take that. The uh, the dignity. Uh, there is, for example, the, uh, the army, the National Guard, the police, the uh, Brigade d'Intervention, uh, National Brigade of ra ra uh, Quick Intervention, they call that. Uh, we have the Commando of Anti-Terrorist Direction of National Security. We have uh, presidential, presidential Guard. Uh, nobody uh, wanted to, uh, to be responsible of the repression. It means at the moment they had to choose. 
we know that in lots of revolutionary settings, uh, there is always somebody who say, but uh, president or sir, you know, uh, uh, majesty, I cannot kill anybody, you know? And it was that. It means that in this context, uh, there were so many rumors rumors of coup d'etat. It means everybody was convinced that the other wanted a coup d'etat against him, that he said, if we, if we don't shoot, if we don't shoot, because they were convinced that pe people were going to make an, a real insurgence, you know, at the, the Palais de Carthage or in Bouchoucha, in the caserne, you know, if we don't shoot, we're going to be traitors, and if we shoot, we'll be traitors. It means that we put the responsibility on us the Troublesy family and Ben Ali. So what, uh, what do we have to do? And sometimes uh, in this context, they, they improvise, they improvise, you know, they were condemned to improvise. And at the end, we had somebody like uh, uh, Samir Tahrouni, who is the, the head of the National Brigade uh, of Intervention, Elite Brigade, that arrested the family. He said that he didn't, that nobody gave him, gave him the order to do that. And uh, maybe somebody gave him the order to do that. We don't know yet because nobody knows exactly what happened at the end, exactly at the, in, in, inside the Ministry of Interior, and we call the unity of command. But uh, we, we, we know that there, there were so many rumors. There were a helicopter, they said that there was an helicopter with armed guns, you know, in the uh, top of the Palais of Carthage, two boats that were to attack the president, you know. And the improvised and improvised sometimes in history, uh, it, 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 it is what happened. So now, to finish, to conclude, uh, what happened? It means that there is new narratives of what happened that, that are to emerge. It means we know that history, uh, we rebuild the past in function of what we, uh, of our present interest and what we, uh, we want for a future. And in Tunisia, it depends on the equilibrium of power between uh, different political parties. But lots of people say there'd be no revolution, that it was just a plot, you know, just a plot, a foreign plot, and no revolution at all, you know. There is this first uh, things, and there is another things that say, uh, in fact, now what happened? What do we win of revolutions? We have now the democratization of corruptions, the democratization of smuggling, and we have the Algerianization of the economy. <laughs> it means that uh, the country is good. the people act at this. They were rentier state, you know, like Algerian, but they are not. And lots of corruption, you know, between clients that want to take the resources. And uh, it, this is the reason why everybody wants to have, to have a place under the state, because as they know that there will be privatization and new more privatization, they want to be well positioned, position, you know, a good position to have the resources. Uh, we have two another another thing uh, important. Uh, great concern, even if there is now a relative freedom of speech, even if th there is no more this uh, aesthetic, you know, of paternalistic uh, regime, all that stuff, you know, if there is no that, and there is a liberal constitution, uh, uh, there is the autonomization of professionals, and it's very worrying. It means that, uh, uh, l l like the Ministry of Interior in Tunisia, and lots of professional, uh, professional corps, they, act, they say we want to be more professional. And in a sense, being more professional, it's to be more autonomous. And to be more autonomous, it means to have no control. No control by the top, and no citizen control by down. And it means that, in a sense, Tunisia missed the opportunity to do structural reforms on, on, uh, on these professional corps. And now just the future will tell us if the autonomy will reach another step, it means that, for example, security forces or other professional corps will have a, a, a direct impact on economy. Of it, there will be uh, there will be reform. All right, that's it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Sorry.